What up, Thrill fans? It's that time. What time is that? It's time to strap in your ear buckles, check your fun restraints, and head up that old lift hill for another sweet, zesty ride on the first and longest-running podcast about Six Flags, The Six Flags Show. Each episode, we will discuss and explore each ride, park by park, area by area, flag by flag, and hypnotist show by hypnotist show to determine which is better. I'm Steve Hilter III, and joining me for episode 764 on this journey are my good friends. Hey, I'm Samuel Milton Gutton Jr. And joining us for the very first time, he's a little gun shy. It's uh, Nick Spencer. Nick, welcome. Hey guys, uh, this is this is great. Uh, thanks for uh, for for having me. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, this is my first podcast. Uh, so, Nick, uh, welcome yeah. to the party, buddy. All Six right. Flags Show. Um, yeah, I am show. so stoked. I am so stoked to be here. Yeah, episode seven sixty four, longest running Six Flags Show. First and longest running. First and longest. Uh, So, hey, uh, Nick, tell us why you're joining the crew. Uh, Well, because my dad died. Ooh. Sorry. Hold on. Uh, Nick. Sorry, guys. uh, Nick, I assume your dad died at Six Flags. uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um. Uh, yeah, he uh, he had a heart attack at uh, at Six Flags Grand America, our home park. We uh, well, he uh, he ordered a hot dog and um, uh, they put ketchup on it and <clears throat> and uh, yeah, he he just he couldn't handle the strain and that, that that was that. Ooh, I assume you got some sweet sweet lawsuit money though. Oh man, I can only imagine the people who die from like falling off a, a coaster. Like they got to be raking it in because uh, I am set. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I miss my old man, but I mean, k- k- whoa. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> You're always up to your old antics, Steve. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's what, what is what is that? You know, this this is uh this podcast has been in the family for a very long time. As as mm-hmm. as you know, my. Uh, my father, Gary Hilter, he, uh, you know, he had a uh, tilt-a-whirl mishap. It, it was still still investigating, so I can't really talk much about it. But mm. yeah, it's sensitive stuff. Uh, Samuel Milton Guyton Sr., my my old man, uh, <laughs> of course, a previous host on this podcast until he unfortunately had a, a heart attack on Goliath at Six Flags Over Georgia, which brings oh us God. to. <laughs> <laughs> That brings us to tonight's sponsor, that Six Flags Over Georgia accident and injury lawyer, John Foy. Call John, John's John a great Foy. guy. Give him a call. <laughs> he helps a lot of people. Uh, so today, for you, you, you've been listening. This is episode 764. You've been listening for quite some time. Uh, today, we're going to do a little bit of departure. As you learned on episode 763, we've kind of run out of topics at the old Six Flags. We've We've covered everything from over Georgia to over Texas to great America. Well, and speaking of our previous episode, I got a fan letter. It's, uh, Ooh, it's from, uh, it was from, uh, Russia and I had to run it through several translators, but basically the gist of it was this listener was upset that when we compared Goliath at Magic Mountain to Titan at Six Flags over Texas, 
that we decided the Titan was actually the supreme roller coaster. Yes. And basically they were saying, you know, we should take into account, you know, the graphics and for the, the giant lettering outside of outside of Goliath and the placement and how you can see the the optimal view of the parking lot from Goliath, Mm. as opposed to the sub optimal view of the parking lot at Titan. Yeah. Um, You know, basically it was, it was followed by a number of threats, but I just, you know, I just wanted to put it out there since I am the male guy. Yeah. Uh, And also the, the, the color hue of the orange of Goliath versus the color orange hue of Titan. That that was a big sticking point. Right. Yeah, guys, I got to tell you, I mean, the forums were just going crazy after that episode. I, I don't know about that Russia guy, but uh, the rest of us coaster heads were, were kind of, we thought you were kind of crazy after that one. I, I mean, it, I know it was like my dad's last episode. But, right. Yeah. But yeah. God, God bless him. Right, right. Yeah. God, God bless him. Uh, you know, miss him. But uh, I, I mean... He made the wrong choice. Uh, I got to. I got to. I got to agree with Russia guy. Yeah, and, and I also uh, want to remind everybody since we have our hundred thousandth subscriber, mm. we're doing that whole uh, Warner Brothers Batman box set giveaway. So you just need to go on and go. like and subscribe <clears throat> for your chance to win. Since we've got a hundred thousand subscribers, thank you very much for all your support. Episode seven sixty four underway now. What we decided, since we've covered all of Six Flags, all 35 parks in North America, and we've compared and contrasted, and we have finally decided that Six Flags over Mid-America or Six Flags St. Louis it reigns supreme as the best Six Flags theme park. So we have to change it up a little bit. So we're looking well, you know, at- you know what I, You know what I have to say about that. Yeah, yeah, we've heard it. We heard it. Uh, too many speed ramps. Wrong. Got it. Yeah, Wrong. got. It. Oh, god. Wrong. <laughs> so we have decided to look at other theme parks, and one theme park in particular. We looked at Universal. There's there are parks by a, a, a Disney. And so we collectively looked around to try to find the best attraction that we could talk about that was the closest thing to a Six Flags attraction. And we found Country Bear Jamboree. Yeah. Yeah. So, so wait, wait. We're not we're not going to talk about Fright Fest? I mean... Well, I mean, Ooh, we've Nick, covered it before. Oh, I mean, yeah, 20 years. But it's Halloween. It, it's, it's Halloween. Yeah, but Nick, yeah. people can't do it right now. Well, I mean, you can reminisce about when you could go to the Fright Fest and, you know, teens would, would yell at you and stuff. I mean, I love that. Yeah, I mean, we did have that, that episode a couple of years ago, the top 10 Halloween stabbings. And, uh, you know, also there, we, we have a rich history. I've, I was, I'm thinking of it as like we're dressing up the show. You know, we're, we're like doing it. We're doing a different thing. It's kind of fun for Halloween. Yeah, I, like, like I we're mean, in our fancy clothes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. okay. Well, we don't have to. I mean, do you want to? No, be on no, the show no. Or? Bears, bears sound pretty wicked. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. Let's talk about bears. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. we're dressing up. We're, we're. I've got my New Year's diaper on, and we're going all in for the Country Bear Jamboree. Do you guys know about this attraction? I believe I. Uh, 
So I went to Disney's California Adventure when it first opened. And I remember that there was a bear ride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was country, mm-hmm. but I remember it looked like a bear and you rode in it. I'm pretty I sure think it's you rode in the bear. Yeah, it's a country. It's a it's California. It's a yeah. bear. I'm uh-huh. pretty sure that may be right. But that would be the California bear ride. Oh, the California bears. That's what it is. California, California bears. And then they is. did raisins too. Oh the California my gosh. bears. Well, the California raisin bears. Yeah. Yeah. They're raisins shaped like bears. I remember that campaign. It was great. Yeah. yeah. So are they real bears? Yeah. Are there bears in the Well, so so is that that's, a what, zoo? that's is what Disneyland I thought. That's zoo. That sounds cool. Yes. It, it 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 part of it was yes there was a petting zoo I did a little research I've never been so living here in Georgia the closest I've ever made it to Disney World is the Holy Land Experience of course <laughs> a little bit more respect for our Lord and Savior oh okay Steve I I know your last name is Hilter but yeah a little it, respect well I don't what are you implying well uh so. Uh, guys, I, I did a, a fair amount of research on this attraction, this country bears. And uh, looking at my notes, it turns out it's not the ride at California Adventure. Hmm. It is a ride at Disney World. Huh. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. 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 You've been to Disney World? Yeah. Yeah. We uh, when when I was in uh, high school, uh, my show choir went down there. Uh, we uh, we did a couple shows. Um, we, uh, we, we did eat with the ET ride, um, mm-hmm. back to the future. It was, yep. it was really, it was, it was, it was great. It was super, Those are super great. Super excellent Disney world rides. You're right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never been to Disney world, but I, you know, I, I looked through, I found some notes and some sound clips in a Google doc that I think will help me get through this. Very good experience. Yeah. Whatever works. And uh, I don't know why I keep going between uh, like a New York thing and uh, just normal talk. I don't know. Uh, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Uh, so I, I found out about this attraction that is at Disney World now. It used to be at Disneyland and it's not there anymore. It's now a Winnie the Pooh ride. <laughs> what? What is uh, what is that noise? Not into Star Wars. No, no, just just keep going. I thought I heard something. It just yeah, don't okay. worry about it. All right, yeah. so I want to tell you guys first of all about the history of the Country Bear Jamboree. Okay, now it turns out the the Country Bears find their origins at the 1960 Winter Olympics in Squaw Valley, California. Now stick with me, Steve. Baba Bowie. Stick with me, Nick. Okay, Olympics. Yeah. All right. So the Olympic Committee reached out to Walt Disney as they felt that the 1960 Olympics needed the Disney touch, I'm using air quotes. Uh, the ch- he was the chairman of pageantry and opening and closing ceremonies and all kinds of other stuff. So he was responsible for, are you ready, ready for this, Steve? Yeah. 5,000 live performers. Ooh. Mm. 2,000 live pigeons, 75, oh, 75 film screenings, and 32 statues as tall as 40 feet. And, 
And there were military tributes where eight shots were fired celebrating the previous Olympic events in the past. So this is the eight. Wait, wait, wait. They got that many pigeons and they only shot eight shots? Well, there were eight Olympic Games, Winter Olympic Games previous to this. So this was the eighth Winter Olympic Games because they come every four years. Do the math. 1960. It's like hardly a 21-gun salute, but okay. Yeah, I mean. Eight-gun salute. Yeah. And they shot. 2,000 live pigeons. <laughs> so this Walt character was so struck with the alpine majesty of the resort that he decided to build a year-round resort with Disney-quality standards so many, so many know and admire. Now, these mountain peaks were crazy. They were like tall as Goliath-type mountain peaks. Right? Whoa. Yeah, I'm telling you. So after the end of the Olympics in 1960, there were, uh, uh, this is, by the way, just eight months before the first Six Flags was established in Texas. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Totally. It was, it, it took. I mean, a date we all know. Yeah, it took five more years for Walt to find this resort at Mineral King in Sequoia National Park. Now, this was in 1965, only a year before the original park, Six Flags Over Texas, was acquired Mm. by the Pennsylvania Railroad, which we've talked about many times in the past. They're looking to diversify, so the Pennsylvania Railroad buys the Six Flags organization. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Of course. Yeah. So, this area was perfect for year-round entertainment. Yeah. Nick, you remember this? You've heard that show? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, long-time listener. I mean, come on. Yeah. So Disney was given a three-year permit to develop the land. Now, so from 1965, that put it 1968, right? The Walt was fixated on having an evening show to keep guests entertained on the resort. This show was to be about bears, and that would tie into the surroundings of the resort, right? California, California bears, right? So a bear show. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he assigned the project to a guy named Mark Davis, and an animator, Hi, yep, an animator, oh, because he died, I get it. That's clever, Steve. Oh, nice. he died? Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know, maybe. Uh, and uh, an animator named Al Bertino. So Davis created several concepts for the show. There was a bear, there was a one bear band, there was a bear marching band, there was a mariachi band featuring bears, and a, a Dixieland bears band. Now, how were they going to train the bears to do this? This is a lot of bears, yeah. It, it is. And see, that's what my, that was my question, too. And then I started looking into it. It turns out these are robots. Ooh, yeah. What? Robots, gentlemen. Robot bears. Nick, you know I what know you're new to this, but robots. That's that's pretty that's pretty radical. I, I think they should have just not... You said it's mi- Mineral, Mineral King? Mineral King Mineral is the King. resort. It should be Robot Bear King. So that's the bears the operate the robots? Or... <laughs> Probably. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't, I didn't find any research about that. I just know they're robots. Okay. They're called animal matronics. Oh, that's a good, that's, animal that's matronics. auto okay. animal okay. matronics is the official full name. Okay. So because they were in cars. Yes. Cause it's a play on auto, which is like a car that runs itself and then animal. Cause that's what they are. Uh-huh. And then Matronics, like electronics. So it's like car, animal, electronics. That's where they came up with the name. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that, clever. that makes sense. I got yeah, that. Right? Real, yeah. Real clever. 
Yeah. Uh, so in late 1966, Walt Disney met with, met with Mark Davis, where he found the final concept of what they called the Country Bear Band. Walt really enjoyed looking through the various sketches with Davis. So after a while, when they're doing the sketches and they're looking at him, Walt told Davis he needed to drive back to the studio because he was feeling really tired, right? Mm. And he left Mark's office and he turned to Mark and said, goodbye, Mark. Which, you know, one, one says when you leave somebody, right? So, but that Walt Disney, he died right after this. And Mark Davis said he knew that that was the last time he was going to see Walt because Walt, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> because Walt never said goodbye. It was always see you next week or see you later. Now, keep in mind, this was in late 1966. This was less than a year before Six Flags Over Georgia opened in 1967. Wow. Mm-hmm. I just want to huh. keep it in context with everybody. Well, yeah, it makes you think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just before Six Flags Over Texas open, or uh, over Georgia opens, this Walt Disney guy died. Man. I wonder how many other people died that year. Mm, it's that's that's an easy thing to find out uh okay so despite the devastating loss of walt disney and the opening of six flags over georgia the country bear project continued now at this point the band was almost completely different i'm gonna steve get ready for this uh audio clip all right there was little oh so so it's totally different than what, than what we know today so there was little lemonade bear there was Big Fred, Old Zeke, Cousin Ted, and Brother Zeb. And around this time, a demo was released for the Mineral King, Mineral King Resort of this experience. Uh, Steve, go ahead and play it. The Bear Band Bears are ready. They're set to serenade. Zeke and Zeb and Ted and Fred and the bear name Lemonade. So- Clap your hands and stop your feet to the bare toe tapping rhythm. Chuck your worries out the door and try to keep right with them. Yep. I don't like sand. <laughs> so, unfortunately, while this project for the Country Bears was progressing, the plans for the resort with the reside with the where the where it would reside uh, crumbled in 1969. This is just two years before 1969 when it crumbled. Just two years before a major new theme park opened in 1971. And that was, of course, say it with me, Six, Six Flags, Flags over, over Mid-America. America. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That opened in 1971 in Eureka, Missouri. Now, of course, is called Six Flags St. Louis, renamed in 1996. Now, the Sierra Club protested with the U.S. government blocking the permits that Disney would need to build the resort in Mineral King. Many say if Walt was still alive, it would have happened, but he was gone. So while the development of the resort came to a halt, the team developing the Country Bears had no intention of stopping the development of this audio-animatronic show, so they decided that the soon-to-open Magic... 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 Mattress... Spell it out. Mattress out. M-A-G-I-C... Magic the Gathering. That's, that's magic. 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 Oh, Magic Kingdom yeah. at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida would be the perfect location to house this show. They worked. What t- are you doing in my swamp? Yep. 
Totally. Because <laughs> it's a swamp. Steve, you're good with the audio. I'm telling I, you. Who knew? 20 years wow. in. Oh, that, oh, that's Steve. That's Steve. Yeah, that's Steve. Yeah. Oh, you thought it was just I the would, podcasting gods. It, man, I, I've never, I never asked my dad, like, how did, the, how did all those sounds happen? Yeah, the 20 wow, years into behind this podcast. The yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a Seinfeld one. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Is that what that is? I never saw it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a little bit, uh, you know, it's a little bit uh, racy for me. Uh, they worked tirelessly to complete this attraction for the opening day of the Magic Kingdom. And they brought on X... Atencio. Now, X, I believe, is short for X-ray. X-ray Atencio. Oh, I thought it was Professor X. It might be. It might Both be. Both of those are red. Anyway, this X-ray Atencio and George Bruns. George Burns. George Burns. Oh, oh, God, you He's devil. A comedian. Yeah, totally. He's got the cigar. He's the one with the cigar. Yeah, yeah. That's... So what did, what did George Burns do with this? He and uh, X-ray Atencio were responsible for the music, which I would love I... to hear about. Oh yeah, um, well it, it takes place in a show, right? So yeah. it's Nick, a 350 that- seat theater called Grizzly Hall, and it was built to house the attraction. It's a 16 minute show, and there are 18 bears, all robots, by the way. So do they skin the bears and then put the? They take the bear skin off of actual bears and they wrap uh-huh. them around robots. And there's uh-huh. spoiler alert: there's more on that later. Oh, okay. So, oh man, Nick, you, I'm on the edge of my seat here. You, Nick, you got into like the characters and stuff, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know all about the characters. Um, well, and, and I do and know the, the, the show goes. And I do know that the, uh, the show opens with a, a piece of music called, uh, Pianjo. And this is, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have a recording of it record actually performed by a YouTuber named Josh Freelich. Freilich. I don't know. Anyway, here it is. So he's uh So this piece of music was uh written by Don Robertson, who wrote numerous classic country and pop pop songs. Pop pop songs? Okay. Including hits for uh Eddie Arnold, Hank Snow. And the Shoredettes, along with Hank Lachlan and Elvis Presley. He developed a slip note technique, later extended on by Floyd Kramer, and used by a lot of pianists to simulate a steel guitar bend by hitting a note a half tone away from the intended note and quickly recovering to the intended note. And I don't know if this piece of music was written specifically for the Country Bear Jamboree, but it, it appears... That it might have been. I, I don't believe it was. I think you mean Slipknot. Right, Slipknot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what they yeah. called it. That's why it's the band awesome was the band. The band. Um, but no, the 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 song was uh, was was written separately. Uh, all, most of the music in 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 the show was actually uh, sourced from elsewhere, but they they adapted it for the show uh, and they reperformed it. This uh, this band called the Stonemans. They did a lot of the a lot of the the re-recording of the music, and they were the voices for a lot of the bears. Um, oh, the Stonemans actually did some of the. Vo- I that's interesting because in uh, finding this research already done for me, um, 
it's almost like referring to notes that we can't refer to. Um, I have seen a lot of things referring to the Stonemans and they're kind of a, a, a mystery slash I mean, not mystery to me. You mean stoned men, right? Because who else would write songs for bears? <laughs> Hold on, I got the perfect thing though. Hey man, let's write some songs for some bears, man. Smoke weed every day. Exactly. <laughs> Six Flag Show anyway. seven sixty four. Anyway, uh, the stone the stone men's stone man's is spelled stone man's. It's not the stone man. I guess it's when it's your last name, you just put an s at the end. Uh, they were so they were they were a specific band. So. Uh, uh, Steve, do do you have any? I mean, have you? Ta- are you prepared I have, to talk about some of the the, the the style of music that's in this show? Or uh... I am, and uh, because, um, well, you you might not be familiar with the interface that I'm that I'm using to do this, but uh, I have things loaded kind of chronologically in the show order. Oh, which means the show that there's which means oh, that there are some things thing. that I haven't gotten to oh, yet. Oh, a, a podcast like, thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, should we finish up with the the history and then then move on to the the music part? Oh, we got the history down. The the only other thing I would say is that, so first of all, the biggest takeaway I want is this attraction at Disney World had its origin at a mountain ski resort that Walt Disney was trying to develop in California. And they opened it at Disney World. And this was the first attraction that Disneyland borrowed from Disney World. Before that, it was the other way around. It was always Disney World getting attractions from Disneyland. This is the first one that was copied at Disneyland from Disney World. Pepsi-Cola was the original sponsor. And that's the history. Pepsi and Pepsi, well, Pepsi and Frito-Lay. Well, and the Wonder Bread at some point came in. One and the same. At at Disneyland, yeah. Hi, welcome to Chili's. Yeah, they also sponsored the Hungry Bear restaurant, but you know. Oh, Hungry Bear. I mean, I've never been. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds good. It, it sounds like you, you you it sounds like the kind of place that you might be able to enjoy a meal while also watching some sort of I don't know water traffic go by. I'm just mm, I'm just just went into good. a fugue state for a second. Yeah, yeah. that's that's pretty nice. Yeah. Thank God I'm a hungry you mean, bear. Oh, you, you should you should trademark. <laughs> so watercraft, you mean like a flume ride, like uh, possibly a flume ride. Yeah, good old, good old splash waterfalls. Uh, and I'm thinking, like maybe a can, maybe they have a canoe. Huh. Okay, a canoe. Huh? Weird. Okay, we- that's real weird. Uh, thinking about uh, moving your own boat at a uh, at a theme park. I mean, come on. Uh, anyway, uh, so the, yes, the the stone the stone stone men's stone man's. Uh, they were a uh, they were a band in the the started wait in the 60s. wait wait sorry were you talking about a flume ride like Thunder River which is an well, Intamin's River Rapids ride at Six Flags yeah. Over Georgia Intamin's yeah the, exactly the people who make bref- breakfast the breakfast pastry guys who also make water rides uh, I mean my goodness what what th- that's God's profession right there yeah it's in, pastries, it's in the pastries and, and and rides yeah it's in the Scream Punk district. Of Six Flags Over Georgia, yeah, yeah. I mean, Logger, Everybody knows Logger's Run. Logger's Logger's Run. Uh, the the, uh, the original log log flume at uh, Great America. I mean, yeah, it's and, still and there. It, it's it's great. Everybody loves it. It's it's fantastic. 
Yep. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to make sure I knew what you were talking about. Okay. And those of you who enjoy listening about uh, comparisons of water rides, you might want to check out episode 598 where we we compare uh, Tidal Wave at Magic Mountain to Splashwater Falls at Six Flags Over Georgia. Spoilers. Sorry. I I mean, that was a classic. (laughs) That was a classic episode. Spoilers. Everyone gets wet. All right. Keep going on the stoned men. The stoned men. Uh, so the, the, the stone mans. Stone mans uh, were. That's grammatically uh, were, incorrect. I live in the South, but I, even I know that. Oh, man. <laughs> they, they were a group. They they played kind of it, really for the time. They played old timey music. Um, they had a, a specific sound. It was very much um, kind of what we would consider to be a bluegrass sort of band today. But uh, but they were. They they weren't huge, but they kept putting out albums. They had some some hits in the uh, the sixties as they kind of went into a little bit of the hippie mm. the hippie territory. And yeah. uh, we, the, listen, we are we got it. Listen, I live in the South. Weed is not legal. You're talking about bluegrass and hippies. What what are we talking about? We're, we're talking about about mountain music. I mean, go, go uh, up to the Appalachians. Come on. Okay. Um, Blue Ridge. Got it. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk we'll talk more about the uh, the stone the stone men's when we, we they they were pretty involved in this they played some of the bears like I said uh, well let's just let's just start talking about the show um, let's do it yeah I mean we we talked about the sponsors of the show I mean let's talk about the show <laughs> yeah shout out to Pepsi <laughs> and Wonder Bread and Frito Lay. So Pianjo, yeah, that pian- the the show starts out with Pianjo, which is nice. It, it's a piano that sounds like a like a banjo. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it has, uh, you know, I would I would they open with the the opening song that that's kind of a uh, it's a take on the the demo that uh, Sam gave us. So you can imagine that. Uh, do you have any anything about the characters that show up there? Because the mean, next, do you mean Trader Sam? <laughs> oh, sorry. I know you don't like when you get called Sam Samuel. Um, oh, sorry. Yes, Samuel. Right. So the next song that I have is uh, uh, "Don't Bear Band Serenade," or do you uh, have, the one after that? If you don't buy, if you can't yes. buy, don't growl. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, let, yeah. Let's talk about the the Bear Band Serenade because that's the uh, the the intro with. Uh, so the, Henry is the the master of the uh, master of ceremonies. He's a big bear. He's got MC. two hats on. What's that? MC. MC. Well, yeah, a master of ceremonies. Yeah, exactly. Mm, that's what that means. Okay, that's what that means. Yeah, yeah. All right. He's he's got uh, he's got a top hat. You know that's that's pretty great. Um, and he's played by uh, Pete Renaday. Who? Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, what's a bottom hat? Is mm. that like un- is that like underwear? Shoes. No, no. Well, bottom hat is when you have two hats on. Oh, so you have a top and a bottom. Got it. Right. MC. Yeah. Bottom hat. Got it. Um, so. <laughs> so he introduces the show and there used to be a, 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 a he used to sing uh, a song with um, another. What show does he introduce? The uh, Country Bear Jamboree. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah CBJ. That, that's, that's the one we're talking about. Oh, CBJ. I like it. I like it. <laughs> that's really good. Uh-huh. So uh Henry Henry introduces the show. He used to do CBJ. Um he used to do a song with with a bear called Wendell who plays the mandolin and uh that's not in the show anymore. But, oh, you're talking about um, Fractured Folk Song? 
fractured folk song. Yeah. Well, I happen to have in this pile of notes that I was handed that fractured folk song was uh, performed by Homer and Jethro. Mm. Uh, they were satirists. They did like hillbilly parody. Hey, Jethro. Uh, they were they considered themselves like the thinking men's. Uh, hillbillies and here is them performing that song and um just giving away <laughs> the pretense here i think anyone who's familiar with the original with the song from the show will find this very familiar and we so dedicate ain't you gonna help me out over there henry Goodness gracious, what do you think we got you on the record for? Boys, supposed to pick? boys, boys, please. If you can't cut it, just lay out. Boys, let's not fight now because we've got work to do here. Now here's a fractured folk song butchered by two birds. Yeah, we wrote these lousy lyrics. And we, we also, also wrote, wrote the words. The chords are very simple. In fact, there's only three. First it's G, then C and D, and then go back to G. But you got to be quick. That's from the it, show. No, yeah, it's good. In, well, intro. It is, but it's not. What? Right. It was. It was cut in 2012. Right, but I mean, like the the recording sounds like it's a recording of the show, but it's not. Oh, it's different. It's the other. So guy. this that is didn't a, sound like Homer. <laughs> so this is the fun thing where. A lot of these, some of them are direct track lifts, especially the text Ritter ones, but some of them are like so close that you're sure it's the same thing, but it's not. And it's really cool because in doing the music, they, it, it appears, and I'm guessing the two of you might have more information on this, but it, they were very, very, very respectful to the source material to the point that like they were finding uh, musicians to lift from that were very respected or had, um, but they weren't like obvious ones. They weren't obvious choices, like an obvious choice. If you're doing a rock show would be like Elvis. Well, they went with like, a couple steps below that to show that they actually knew what they were dealing with, with country music. And when they couldn't get the original artist, what they would do is they would get like a voice actor or somebody who would take on the vocal qualities or characteristics of the original musician. And you're going to hear a lot of that as we go forward. Yeah. Let's go forward. All right, let's do it. Um, actually, we do have to jump back because I was wrong. Um, the first two the, steps forward, one step back. Yeah the the first uh, the first song after Pianjo was uh, is actually the Bear Band Serenade. Um, the uh, Fractured Folk song came after that, but Bear Band Serenade is one of the original songs for the show. And uh, Henry the MC um, he introduces the five bear rugs. Uh, who are Zeke, Zeb, Ted, Fred, and Tennessee, and a bear um, named Tennessee? Uh, it's uh, yeah. So they're they're a little they're a little group that pop up and they sing a song that kind of sets the stage. And now, now uh, that it, what's interesting is when I when I was looking at the origins, there was Lemonade, Fred, Zeke, Ted, and Zeb. So is the only difference Tennessee? <laughs> 
Was the only difference Tennessee? Oh, that's hot. Zeke and Zed yes. and Ted and Fred and a bear named Tennessee. It's just lemonade is the only thing that changed. Sounds like it. Um, but yeah, I guess. Well, they don't sing. Um, Henry sings the song about them. They play music, and uh, it's it's nice. It's a nice intro. It's fun. You get to see the the, the kind of tone of the show and how things are going to go. It's a little little not too serious, but there's good music, and we're good. Um, well, so and then, they, I, I like I said, I don't have that song because I be, I pulled only things that were like original outside of Disney. But to give an example of the source material that they were drawing from. Here's a clip from Hee Haw, which is an old TV show featuring a ton of these very well-respected country luminaries. Uh, Steve Martin playing, and uh, Goldie Hawn? <laughs> yes. Playing in that that style. And it's a string bean, Grandpa Jones, Roy Clark, Bobby Thompson, and Ronnie Stoneman. Oh, Ronnie Stoneman singing Stop That Tickling Me. Oh, the Stonemans. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So you can hear the influence. And what was the name of that song? Not, not the real one, the one from Country Bears. Uh, the Bear Band? Serenade. Uh, Serenade. Good old Rhino Bear Band and a good old Kia G. No, that's the other one. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Yep. So then we, we we skip over a song that was that was cut. Uh, then we get to if you can't bite, don't growl. We uh, we bring the we've got the five bear rugs still out there, and um, and we bring out a new bear who plays the fiddle named Ernest. One night I left the wife, and this is the original song. Uh, sung by Tommy Collins. Tommy was active primarily during the 1950s through the 1970s. Uh, he was instrumental in helping create the Bakersfield sound of the country music genre. Now, Bakersfield sound is a subgenre of country music developed in the mid to late 50s in and around Bakersfield, California. It was influenced by rock music, uh, so therefore you have electric uh, instrumentation and a defined backbeat. It was a reaction against the slickly produced orchestra-laden Nashville sound, and became one of the it became one of the most popular and influential strains of country music. Initiated a revival of honky tonk music. And that led to country rock and outlaw country musicians. And this guy wrote some songs for Merle Haggard's band, The Strangers. So again, this is these are legit people. Yeah. And in 1954, he had like number two hit, number four hit. Number nine, in, 19, in 1955, he's up in the number fives. And then 60s come around, people aren't as interested in country. But as the country re- revival comes around at this time, of course, he's there to be like, hey, I'm a guy. Yeah, I'm a guy. You guys. <laughs> guy who does things. Guys, I'm a guy. Hey. 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 Hey, guys. Guys. All right. That's really cool. Um, now, in the show, in the, the Country Bear show, in, in the CBJ, uh, originally... This uh, song was sung by Van Stoneman, uh, but he was re-recorded over by Randy Sparks later. But 
the original record that came out for the show and the CD that came out in 2003 still had Van Stoneman on there, the original recording. So more Stoneman. That's very cool. More Stoneman Stoneman stuff. I didn't know that they were so... So the Stoneman are... I may as well get into this. Um, Drugs are bad. (laughs) Taking over. Um, So Ernest Stoneman... uh, is kind of seen as like one of the, there's just so much information on him. Is he's seen is kind of like one of the founders of modern country music. Uh, he's just this dude who grew up in the mountains and did a bunch of odd jobs and like kind of just got around somehow, uh, had a big family and they all learned how to play you know, this traditional music and kind of stumbled. I mean, I'm really, really paraphrasing here. He kind of just stumbled into this wild success. And by wild success, I mean, like he was wildly respected. Um, But as I would imagine someone doing the research into like, you can't even find some of their music on a digital medium. Um, So they're kind of a lost you know, treasure of this genre of music. And I understand that not everybody's into it, but it's, it's still a legitimate genre, you know? Well, yeah. And I guess that that's, that's the point that I have come across is that like me being not necessarily a huge fan of country, but like, I can kind of appreciate it, especially like this older stuff. Um, They're really, they're really, really sticking to the roots as closely as they can when they can. Now, do they do they cover country and western, or just the one? Oh, they they cover country and western during the show. Yeah, uh, well, mm. re- really, the I guess Dan, would you agree? I, I think the the, the Stoneman, the Stonemans. I'm sorry, Steve. Who? Steve. Steve. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm new to the show. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Steve. Steve, um, would you agree that uh, the the Stonemans um, are probably more country because western like country was like southeastern music and western was southwestern music because he said he said california that's country that's western yeah for me living in georgia california is about as western as you can get well i think the the distinction is that western is more like uh more about cowboy kind of stuff and country is more about like hillbilly kind of stuff but i don't really know you watch your mouth. <laughs> so country and western. No, they, they, they. I mean, the show really does cover country and western. Uh, the Stonemen were probably Both more of a country of sound, even though they were. Uh, you know, they they kind of hit it big out out west. So they were the, the old, <laughs> the old style of music. All right, so moving on. My woman ain't pretty, but she don't swear none. Liver lips McGrawl. Um, he well, uh, ain't pretty, but she don't swear none. Yeah, how um, did you know? He, I live in the South. Oh, that's right, and it's a real song. I forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an actual song. Uh, however, it is voiced by another Stoneman, Jimmy Stoneman. That's a good really? name, really, Jimmy. Because he sounds, he sounds a lot like Tex Ritter from the original recording, which sounds like this. <laughs> I've got a woman, she's got me 
Whatever we do, we both agree. She ain't pretty, but I ain't too. The things we like are the things we do. My woman ain't pretty, but she don't swear none. She's kinda heavy, but don't weigh a ton. She's my woman through and through. I love her only cause her heart is true. She ain't pretty. Here we go! So, yeah, I, but, but Jimmy did a good impression, you're right. Who? Jimmy. Stoneman. Yeah. Oh, okay. The guy who sang the song. <laughs> Yeah, it's been like a minute. You forgot? Uh, okay. That's... <laughs> I, I mean, Samuel did a pretty good rendition as well. But uh, no, Jimmy Jimmy Stoneman. That's it, because the Stoneman recorded most of this music, right? Like right. for the show. That that's interesting because it really does the vocals. I, I'm not disputing you at all because you. I think you've done way more research than I have. Um, but it really does sound like Tex Ritter's voice, which again goes to where they're really trying to pay tribute to these people. Tex Ritter, by the way, is father of John Ritter. Yep. He's he worked in radio, movies, TV, and musical recordings. Um, he was instrumental in starring the Country Music Association and opening the Country Music Hall of Fame. He was one of a few singing cowboys from the era, which if you're thinking about that, it's Gene Autry, uh, Roy Rogers. It's this good humor dude dressed in all white, kind of a little too on the right side of the law. And it sounds to me like Tex Ritter. I, there's not a lot that I found about his musical or, or that someone found about his musical output, but it seems like he played a lot with archetypes, you know, being an actor and everything. And this will come into play later when we get to another song. Can we agree that Gene Autry's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is the all-time best? All-time best Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or the all-time best Gene Autry or the all-time best? All-time best... Oh. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer rendition. Okay. Um, um, it's, it's, a, not, it's a pretty good rendition. It's not coming to me. I'm not as into Christmas as... It's, it's, it's better than Burl Lives. Oh, how dare you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. a pretty good one. Anyway. I mean, it's, it's no... Uh, it, it, I mean, that yeah, it's good, but it's no Superman Ultimate Flight, okay? It's true. That's I mean, true. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Moving on. Uh, so we got through through a couple things. We got a little slower song. We'll we'll keep it slow, but we'll keep it funny. We got Mama Don't Whoop Little Buford uh, from Henry and Mendel. Yeah. Mama Don't Whoop Little Buford. And this is, again, uh, Homer Mama and Jethro, who were Henry... Haynes, who was Homer, and Mama Kenneth Burns, who was Jethro. Kenneth Homer. Burns went on to make uh, a lot of documentaries for PBS. Buford was proud as could be. At last he had passed to the They liked reverb a lot of these guys. And Buford is just twenty. I imagine if this attraction was still open in Florida, mm-hmm. which I suspect it is, that that a uh, song about beating your children <laughs> or well, shooting, I mean, in, shooting in them this, instead. In this PC time with it cancel culture. Probably goes over really well. 
<laughs> yeah, possibly. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it, the song gets the the, the song gets. Uh, well, they they keep explaining why she should just shoot him, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the so, original song, not in the show. In the show, it just ends at that. And uh, well, Dan, if you got something to say, I, I love the end of the who, song. You who? Know, Steve. Steve. Steve Hilter. Yes. Nick, I know you're new to the show, but uh, if you look, could just I'm keep it I'm together. used to people Man, calling I, me Steve Hitler, and you know I've just kind kind of gotten over it because like it's just a name, and uh, you know sorry. it's I'm sorry it's, Steve. It's uh, time I'll has learn, passed, but like I'll learn your name. You're just eventually. making up another name for me is not cool. It's a little offensive, Nick. I, I know you're new, and you're welcome to the show because your dad. It's a little bit of nepotism, but. Well, uh, it's it's totally it, it's legacy, you know. It's I mean, this is this has been the structure of the show for years. If we're going to be really honest about it, I yeah. Mean, his his dad, Jeremy Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Nick has replaced him, mm-hmm. and he's welcome change. But we miss Jeremy sometimes, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> I mean, you know, when I can our- just kick back and listen to Jeremy talk all day. Look, guys, when, Good old when, dad. Our, when our great-grandfather started this podcast, <laughs> I don't think that they imagined. First of all, I don't think that they imagined that they would so quickly go through so many hosts. I mean, we don't really talk about it so very often on the show. Yeah. How, you know, we've... <laughs> Mostly the hosts of the show are descendants of people who have died at Six Flags. That's, that, were once, that were once hosts of the show. Yes. <laughs> That's how we get new hosts. How it works. <laughs> That's how often it happens. Uh, so, but anyway, the, all right. So Buford's the, dead. Now what? Bu- yeah, Buford so, gets shot, and 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 uh, and Henry goes. <clears throat> with, he he apologizes for the uh, the tone of the show and mm-hmm. moves quickly on to another song. I think in the original recording he goes bang. <laughs> yes, he yes, just he says does. bang. Yeah. Do we want to hear a a take on Mr. Sandman from our two new friends, uh, Homer and Jeffrey? This is their their rebuttal to Mr. Sandman. Mr. Sandman, take back your dream. The biggest nightmare that I've ever seen. Rudolph got run over by a reindeer. Yeah, it's kind of following that. Red lips, I like a lot. One on the bottom and two on the top. I do. You gave her a pretty face. Not a wrinkle is out of its place. One on the bottom, two on the top. Yeah, let's not get further into that. All right, novelty recordings from the '60s. That's great. It's a good time for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody had a really good time in the '60s. Everybody. <laughs> we slow it down a little bit here for uh, a little ballad, little little forlorn love. Uh, tears will be the chaser for your wine. Mm-hmm. They sure will. By Trixie, who is a uh, very large bear. Uh, she has a little blue bow and a blue tooth. Fat shaming. I feel like uh, I don't, she's she. I mean, she's got a little wine. She's I feel okay. Like Homer and Jethro could have written a song about her at some point. <laughs> they, 
Um, oh my. So she's not voiced by a stoneman. She's voiced by Cheryl Poole. Right. And Cheryl Poole is um, recreating a song by Wanda Jackson. Um, and if you listen closely, she's really, really closely recreating certain aspects of Jackson's singing style. Uh, now, the uh, Wanda Jackson's career was uh, kind of went back and forth between rock and rockabilly. She's known to many as the queen of rockabilly or the first lady of rockabilly. She makes country music with fast moving rockabilly. How many more times can I say rockabilly? We'll find out. Um, so she would often record each style on uh, opposite sides of a record. And then as rockabilly declined in popularity in the sixties, she moved into a successful career in mainstream country music. Uh, she's got a string of hits from 1961 and 1973, right or wrong. Tears would be the chaser for your wine. A woman lives for love and fancy satin pillows. Uh, she had a resurgence in popularity in the eighties with rockabilly revivalists in Europe and America. Um, and she was working up until uh, March of 2019. So she's really kind of mm. badass. And um, if you listen to the production on this, uh, <laughs> sorry, I know. Uh, if you listen to the production on this, you will hear there's some stereo manipulation in here. So like there's the, the different channels are doing different things, which takes this song further away from folk and country, which is more of like a documentarian sort of recording process to more into like the rock area. And it sounds a little something like this. And for a lot of these, I'm pulling parts of the songs that aren't in the show, by the way. If you hear like that, like kind of crying sound or that, like the way she's moving around the vowel sounds, it's very similar to what uh, Cheryl Poole did in the recording. Oh, very nice. Mm -hmm. Now, she also did a song called Fujiyama Mama, and it went something like this. I'm sorry, Sam. I can get behind this. No, I, I, I should have told you we were going to include not only a fake other language, uh, references to drugs. So she's, she's an interesting person. Uh, that, there you go. Yeah. What happens next? The song picks up, or the, the show picks up a little bit uh, with a very fast song that's still still sad. Um, How Long Will My Baby Be Gone, sung by, uh, by Terrence. Uh, he, um, he shakes around, he plays the guitar, and he's also voiced by Van Stoneman. And we also have, did you have anything, did you want to do anything about Pretty Devilish oh, Mary? I- I skipped over Devilish Mary, the song How that was dare also you. cut in 2012. Yeah, sorry. But uh, but yeah, that was a Zeke song. It is definitely five... something to skip over. We don't want to talk about okay. the devil. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. You put your Ouija board away, sir. 
So for people who are into this history, uh, this was performed by Grandpa Jones, who uh, developed the Clawhammer style of banjo playing. Uh, did a bunch of stuff, went to World War II, and did some vaudeville stuff, which was a bridge to television. He became a charter cast member on the long-running television show Hee Haw. Yeah. And this is a song that used to be in the show, but isn't it? Can I look like my old dog? And I was twice as But then okay. we have how long has this been uh how long will my baby oh. be gone? Right. And this was sung by what was the what's the fake bear's name? Uh this was Terrence Something the Bear Stoneman. voiced by Van Van Stoneman, but Terrence the Bear. Right, and this song was originally performed by Buck Owens, who was also a pioneer of the Bakersfield sound, co-host of Hee Haw, and again, you'll hear the vocal style is being imitated. Those of you who are familiar with the song from the show, the vocal style is very much being imitated without being a caricature of this well-respected country musician. How long is forever soon is now or never how long will these heartaches you know those like drawn out o's and a's and how long will my baby yeah i can get behind all this yeah i love that the strumming is a notion and yeah, they turn they they turn this guy's singing style into the style like they adapted it so it does sound like an animated bear, but it also you can still kind of hear the DNA of this person's performing technique. Hmm. Yeah, and then now now for some comedy. All the guys who turn me on turn me down. Yeah, or are you going to go into your uh, twenty minute set? Your twenty-minute stand-up set, because I mean, we don't no, have a lot of time for that. No, but. no, yeah, yeah. I, I know you guys told me uh, you you guys told me not to do that, so it's fine. Um, no, it's fine. I'll just uh, just keep talking about uh, bear songs. I like the joke uh, about I, I just some feedback from the last set. I feel like the Pope is an easy target, and you're better than that. So, <sighs> okay. I mean, yeah, fine. Okay, that's I'll, I'll I, that's that all. I'm just I'm, I wouldn't I wouldn't share if I wasn't trying to be helpful. Okay, no, no, no. I should I, I shouldn't have such thin skin. You know, you 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 trying to you trying to get into comedy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So uh, next three uh, three three are they uh, doing fright fairs this year? <laughs> not not a great America, I tell you. I mean, you look at the site and like they got they got lots of ads for like, hey, look, it's spooky. Oh, but um. No, there's, there's, they're not doing that, huh? Hmm. Yeah, I know. I think I'm thinking of just sitting around and scaring myself with a, a can of beans. I hired some teens to hide behind the garbage can. <laughs> looks like they're doing a Hollow Fest. Looks like, well, looks like what? They're doing <laughs> Hollow Fest. Same Hollow way. Fest. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's some September 18th to November 1st. They're doing Hollow Fest. At Six Flags. Well, you know, public health be damned. 
Yeah, this is that's, Georgia. That's how. Well, you know, it's really that. The, it's it's that that uh, kind of carefree uh, view on human life that we have come to love about Six Flags. And However, like, uh, it's a, there's an intense desire for a spooky night when there's. Now, they're day thrills. However, when the clock strikes six, the creatures of nightmares are unleashed for the daily haunting rituals, hunting rituals that you may find yourself in fine, <laughs> spine-tingling scare zones without warning. There's Scarecrow Square, where fall is in the air and scarecrows are everywhere. Pirate Point, featuring silly stories from the sea for scallywags of any size. This is real. <laughs> Jesus. Well, uh, you, you know, every, I every we year. we talk about Fright Fest. I am upset that they don't have Fright Fest at my, my uh, home park of Magic Mountain because, as you know, that's how I get my uh, season pass every year because they have, they have mm-hmm. a contest, and this is real, where whoever can stay in a coffin the longest mm-hmm. gets a free season pass. Again, that's a real thing. Oh, here are the ghoul rules. Well, first of all, I want to tell you about some of the exclusive <laughs> eats, the Takis Zombie Nachos. <laughs> The Snickers funnel cream cake, the monster Weird. chocolate cotton candy Wait, dip and I don't dots. I have my soundboard for this. Hold on. Scaracha wings. See? Scaracha <laughs> candy monster Petri dip and dots. Here are the ghoul rules. We invite you to we invite you to Halloween safety and mask up this fall. Mask must be worn by all guests 3 years of age and older. And masks must cover both nose and mouth. No full facial masks and or coverings would be permitted. Cannot cover your eyes. Guests 12 and under may wear a costume, but no masks associated with the costume are allowed. No park re-entry will be permitted, and social distancing protocols must be maintained at all times. I am a potato. Yep. That's Six Flags over Georgia Hollow Fest. Suck it, rest of the country. (laughs) Yeah, I miss it. Yep. Let's continue with the rest of this delightful show you guys are talking about. I've never seen. You guys, do you guys have like a like a sponsor or something? Uh, Well, I'll just keep going. Listen, I was doing some research for this. Right, I was researching this show, and I came across a a company called Concy Ears, which is a Disney travel planning website. Now I've only ever been the closest I've been to Disney world is the Holy land experience. Right. Oh, wait, wait. So it's like, there are a concierge. Yeah. Concierge, but but they, they can also hear. So they're concierge. They listen to you about your trip to Disney. Concierge is being traditionally deaf. Yes, exactly. Concierges yeah. are yeah. sign only, sign language only. But these can hear these particular ones. I guess they they use their ears. They don't use the sign language, and so they can hear what you want to do to travel to Disney World or Disney. It's excuse me. Gone. How about that? It's called Disney, and so yeah, they they. I guess they what they'll do is they'll tr- they'll plan your entire trip for you. Like you talk to them, and they you say, "I want to go see Country Bear Jamboree." And then I want to get a fast pass for Country Bear Jamboree. And then whatever else there is to do, I don't know. But they'll do it for you and you won't have to pay extra for it. Like they'll do the whole thing. They'll plan your entire trip where you want to stay, the Country Bear Jamboree Hotel. (laughs) And then they'll 
they'll do it all and you won't have to like pay extra money. You just, they'll just do everything. Right. So will they, they will they like get on? Yeah, exactly. No, you think they're high, but they do it for free, (laughs) man. So they'll, they'll like sit on the phone to get me a reservation at that hungry bear place. Right. Exactly. The hunger bear jamboree restaurant. Right. They'll do that. And they'll, they'll just, they'll book the whole thing for you. So you won't have to actually like, do anything you just make a phone call and they'll do everything else that's what i understand well, this I, place is it's still all about bears i, I mean it's mm-hmm. it's it's that's still what I, it's that's still what ro- i read like ro- robot bear ski resort yeah it's it's now in florida okay okay yeah so i think it's a good idea i think it's something that should be modified for the six flags franchise oh conti flags conti flags oh conti flags guys uh i i don't i i mean I think this could work. I got I got a lot of money. Well, the, from the Jeremy Spencer incident, <laughs> right? From the Jeremy Spencer incident, um, dear old dad would have wanted me to own a travel planners. Company. Oh, absolutely! I For remember sure. in, in the break room he used to talk about that a lot. Oh, yeah. So that. we can mm-hmm. oh, back at back at the mill. Uh, it, it would be so great if I could own this this company and say. Let's uh let's plan some some trips. Let's make some magic happen. Get some families to uh their their favorite Six Flags park. And they, uh, they put them up in the the Six Flags official Best Western down the street. Uh, the local yep. Best Western, yeah. And it comes yeah. with a life insurance policy. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh yeah, that's that's an add-on. That's that's travel and life insurance. But you don't have to pay oh. extra for that life insurance. You're just paying for the policy. There's no like commission for the Concy Flags organization. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, we got to keep the main the main model there. No, you, no more than if you took out another insurance policy, a standard Six Flags uh, season pass holder insurance life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. those things are like <laughs> there's pages long. So much right, arbitration. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. They'll, so, they'll tell you all about it. So, Concy Flags would do all that reading for you and just give you the breakdown. <laughs> oh, guys, this is a this is a fantastic idea. You I should use wait. some of that uh, insurance oh, money. Oh, Buy the concierge and make it Concy Flags. I, was, I don't have enough to buy a, a Six Flags, so I might as well buy a company that helps bring people to it. Is it Flags? Yeah. Flags of Years? Oh. <sighs> Ah, oh, because they're still using their ears. Yeah, but they hear the flag. Ear flag. Mm. Uh, okay. About, well, we'll 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 work it out once I get the uh, the the uh, the contract done. Earsy flag. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so what else is what else happened to the show? I've never seen it. The Holy Land experience is the closest right. I've been. Yeah. Okay. So so then three uh three little adorable bears come up. Uh, they're, they're, they're triplets. Are they, I think, uh, oddly sisters. attractive and talk about, uh, g- getting dumped a lot? Uh, they, yeah, <laughs> they, they, they don't, they don't do so well with the, uh, the guys. Um, but yeah, they're, they're triplets. Uh, they, they are a little horny though, right? On. Well, they're not like extremely goofy movie. Kind of horny. Oh, never mind. I'm checking out. <laughs> they're, they're all right. Uh, they're, they're voiced by, uh, so the the Sunbonnet Trio is their name. It's Bunny, Bubbles, and Beulah. Uh, Jackie Ward it plays Bunny. Uh, she's one of the actual Partridge Family singers. Heads up, the Partridge Family did not sing their own songs. Uh, whoa, whoa, she whoa, appeared whoa, on. Whoa, 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 yeah. Wait. Oh yeah, we're blowing the lid off this one. 
on the Six Flags show. You heard it here Whoa. first. You know, I had my doubts, Nick, about you. Just, just being really honest, I w- really wasn't sure. I feel like you approached the. I mean, feel like you gave a little bit of attitude at the beginning, and uh, you know, I was really kind of worried about who's who's this guy, and you know, like, I mean, I know he's legacy, and you know, there's not much we can do. Again, when our great grandparents got together, they put it in their will that this is how the podcast is going to operate. Yep. We've, we've stuck to it ever uh, since. Oh, but the original this, documents. This hard hitting uh, research is. Uh, I just gotta say, welcome to the show. Yeah, we are official. You passed and, us, Steve. Uh, You've replaced still, Samuel. I appreciate that so much. I mean, yep. we're still looking for a fourth. We, we're going. We're going through the bloodline of uh, of Floyd's third cousins, but we'll find one. I I feel like I feel like dear old Jeremy, dear old Dad, is looking yep. down from above. Oh, he is right now, <laughs> judging hard. <laughs> Every time I meet a guy who gets me shook. Now this is the Stoneman family. Ever get from him so dirty look. And this is from their album Dawn of the Stoneman's the Age. On, which is only available. <laughs> There's like one the vinyl copy available on, on Amazon. <laughs> and you bought it? <laughs> which is Nothing I don't I don't, it, of course. Which I'm not laughing at them for that. I'm laughing at the fact that here's this family that's like the Earnhardt family for NASCAR. They're right. (laughs) And like they made so many albums. Yeah. And it's like I need I had to scour the Internet for any trace of these people, which is appropriate because Dale Earnhardt Sr. died on the track and Jr. Followed in his footsteps, just like our podcast family. Well, you know they're fans, right? You know that that's kind yeah, of, of course. So. Yeah, that's how you got. Uh, that's how you got up to twenty thousand, right? Hundred thousand. We just oh, got our hundred thousand. That was the first twenty thousand. Yeah. yeah. Now, if you want to hear more of the Stonemans, we have uh, Mama Don't Allow. Mom don't allow the dobro playing around here. Mom don't allow the dobro playing around here. Now see this song, they're saying Mama don't allow a certain thing. Yeah, I can get behind this. The thing. What is the thing that they don't allow? Right now it's Mama don't allow no dobro playing around here. And that dobro is getting played. Oh, Next up they're gonna see. Wow. See? Now that's like the defiance. At 60s counterculture. Now they're saying mama don't allow no auto heart, auto heart playing. Guess what they're going to do? Gonna play the play auto, the auto harp. harp. Right. Now the auto harp is a harp that you play with your car. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Of course. And here's uh, something from them uh, called Proud to Be Together, Happy to Be What We Are. There was a time when we'd worry where we would get our next meal. And this is when they're getting into more of that like hippie counterculture stuff. Like, I think they were the whole thing was that they were groovy hillbillies. It's not too far from 
uh, the Brady's. That's very nice. It's a nice message. Yeah. Yeah. How do we end up? How do we end this show? What else is going on? There's, there's plenty more. Don't worry. There's this. We don't have to end the show. There's a lot more information oh, to be had. Yeah. Great. Um, more stone people, I assume. Samuel, you're you're in. You're in for several. There are more stone people. Uh, so Jackie Ward played Bunny. Um, Bubbles, the second bear. Uh, she was played by uh, uh, Julie Lee, Julie Jean Norman. Louis, Louie Jean. Wait, hang on. My 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 brain my brain, my brain's mixing it up. Luli Jean. Okay, yeah, that's her name. Luli. It doesn't make sense. Uh, Luli Jean Norman. Uh, she sang with Mel Torme, Sam Cooke, Frank Sinatra, and she was also the wailing voice in the background of the original Star Trek uh, show. You know, yeah. didn't have words, but there was the the lady was like, Ooh! yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Luli. That's fun. And. Um, she was cut out of her royalties in the third season because they cut her voice out of the recording, so they didn't have to pay her. So that's Luli Jean. Bye, then Beulah was played by someone named Peggy Clark. That's all I have on Peggy Clark. Uh, but they are all identical, and they sing a song about how um, they don't uh, they don't do well with the guys. Hmm. Yeah, it's tough. I know. Uh, there's uh, there's a nice background during that whole thing that that shows all the. Uh, the the words of the song it's it's an old tactic from before there were there were movie films um that evokes an earlier time movie films those are the best in in theaters my favorite one you know the movie film speaking of movie films any star wars episode will make me cry yes (laughs) yeah yeah did did, did you know uh you hear that uh disney did a star trek land what yeah, they, they did. Just play that they theme song all, t- all the time. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so that theme. <laughs> so you're saying that that they open up a Star Trek land and that theme song is on a loop. Yep. <laughs> all day. That sounds and awesome. And like the true original version that has like 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 bongos in it and stuff. Right. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Real trippy. Uh, we should do a we should do a podcast about that. Well, oh, I mean, since we're out the, of uh, the Star Trek land show. things, I mean, yeah. you may as well. Totally. <laughs> all right. We gotta keep this all thing right. rolling. We do. Heart, we did all that we could by Teddy Bear. Teddy Bear descends from the ceiling. She's a large bear on a swing. Um, everybody seems to like her. We uh, we're led to believe that uh, she's she's quite the catch. Um, yeah, and that the host really wants to get. Uh, he's got a thing for her. For he sure. wants to yeah. he wants to do biblical with her. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But she Thank is you. voiced in the show by another Stoneman, Patsy Stoneman. And, and the song. song was originally sung by Gene Shepard, and it was written by Ned Miller. Now, Gene Shepard was One an American... All in the Family? Yes. Uh, and she was an American honky-tonk singer-songwriter who pioneered uh, for women in country music. She had 73 singles to the Hot Country Songs chart. Uh, had a total of 24 studio albums between 1956 and 81. Her first hit was a Dear John Letter. That's the name of the song. And it was a duet with Ferlin Husky. 
And it, there was the first post-World War II uh, record by a woman country artist to sell more than a million copies. And again, listening for the similarities in the vocal stylings, here we're having one of the features of the singing is like this wailing, this, this sort of wailing sound that she has. Well, here. By the way, the combination of harmonica with guitar right there is awesome. These misty eyes, these tear-filled eyes were picture taken. Go get it, gal. So Eeyore's in this show? So I'm guessing Eeyore crawls out during this song and Cat calls this poor woman. Thanks for knowing. I didn't expect to get a date. Bring it, gal. And then she raises up into the ceiling and like tells Henry to come meet her later. Yeah. Soon as I get a ladder, I'm coming up there. Yeah. Again, not as horny as uh extremely goofy movie, but mm. it's up there. Mm. Following this, we uh, move on to Blood on the Settle by Big Al. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was different. No, that's, go ahead. That's fine. Uh, Big Al is the uh, is the bear who sings this, and um, I mean, it's. I'm sure you're going to talk about this, Steve, but uh, it's uh, actually a song by Tex Ritter. Um, yeah, and it's sung by Tex Ritter for yeah. the show, and it introduces even more hilarity into the show. Well, now before you play it, that Albertino is the animator. Oh, was yeah, helping Mark Davis, and yes. this this animatronic was literally modeled after Albertino's face. This big Al. Yeah, and uh, this. So it sounds like this is the only song that the track is a direct lift from the original material, which is insane to me because I so many of these sound like the same thing but uh, those of you who are familiar with the show this sounds like a joke <laughs> right yeah and this one sounds like a joke and it's completely real and those of you familiar with the original show probably not listening to us talk about this for this long without being familiar with it so I've lifted the part of the song that you have not heard it's very similar it's still a cowboy I mean that's the same. Yeah, it's it's this it is this recording. Our strum chord. Just wait until we get to the reviews. <laughs> I got something to say about this. What's interesting, though, is that this song, I don't, I don't think we need to stick with this much longer, but it eventually does get uh, slightly upbeat, not like, but like 
the the music changes a little bit to be I mean it's no, you know, Venga bus. Everybody but, dance now. Yeah, it's it's nothing like that. But um it does the instrumentation in the background does get a little a little more rhythmic. Um speaking of rhythmic, unless uh Nick, did you have anything you wanted to get into there? No, Steve. Uh Steve, go for it. Okay. Well, speaking of rhythmic, here's a cover uh by a YouTuber named Blitzbop um of hmm. Blood on the Saddle. Oh God! Oh jeez! Oh stop it! Stop it now! I went to high school with that guy, and he also has a cover of "Californication" by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh no! 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 Stop it! Of the devil! Oh no! The, uh, the 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 show moves on. They interrupt blood on the saddle because it's so bad. Um, the uh, Henry and uh, Henry comes back out and starts singing the ballad of Davy Crockett. You find out that his top hat, which is covered with another coonskin cap, uh, the coonskin cap is actually a raccoon. What named about Sammy? The, what about his bo- um, his bottom hat? Well, technically now his top hat is the bottom hat. Got it. Yeah. Yep. I was surprised yep. when it was an actual raccoon. Right. It's a, it's a good joke. It's a good joke. And uh, they sit, start seeing the Ballad of Davy Crockett, uh, which is a classic tune, a classic uh, Disney tune uh, mm-hmm. from the show. Therefore, um, I don't have it, but I do have Old Slewfoot, which they get into. Right. Uh, Old Slewfoot comes next, and it's a song about a bear. Uh, so pretty much everybody comes back out. Uh, to sing Old Slewfoot because Big Al comes back up and tries to sing Blood on the Saddle and everybody overcomes him with their singing of Old Slewfoot, which is a song about a bear. Yep. There was blood on the... <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> right. So everybody comes out and sings Old Slewfoot. Right, and Old Slewfoot was written by Howard Hossey, and this version is performed by Johnny Horton, another one of those people who turns out to be a pretty big deal, um, and he had a dog, and he was uh, American country music, honky-tonk, and rock-a-big singer and musician. Uh, he's best known for his saga songs that became international hits. Uh, one of those was The Battle of New Orleans, it was awarded the 1960 Grammy Award for Best Country and Western Recording. And Grammys, you know, it's just a bunch of old ladies who get together and they would say, this is the nice Grammy. Yeah, it's just Grammys. Uh, so not always the best judgment. His first number one country song was in 1959, which was when it's springtime in Alaska. It's 40 Below. Uh, he did a lot of folk ballads based on American historic themes and legend. Um, you can look them up if you want to. He died in November 19. 19- I don't usually cover deaths in this kind of stuff. I mean, we talk about it all the time because we go through so many hosts on this show, but, um, six, five podcast, right. It's just kind of par for the course. Uh, but he died in November, 1960 at the peak of fame in a traffic collision less than two years after his breakthrough, which traffic with the Batman, ride. 
Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yikes. Um, that, that's, that's scary. Well, and a bunch of people were like really, really shook by this, including Johnny Cash, who said that he basically just locked himself in his bathroom and cried all weekend and then recorded his, his own version of when it's springtime in Alaska, it's 40 below. Um, and here's old Slewfoot. I saved up my money and I bought me some bees and they started making honey way up in the trees. Cut down the tree, but my honey's all gone. Old Slewfoot's done made himself at home. He's big around the That sounds like the last song from the show. Yeah, it is. Strangely enough. And I gotta say, I really find it charming that a bunch of bears are singing about, they're singing a song about a bear potentially killing people. And, and the particular line, some, some folks say he looks a lot like me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's yeah. really clever. <laughs> it's a great choice. Well, shoot him in the bottom just to listen to him yell. Yeah, sorry, I should have told you that this had the B word in it. Oh, yikes! Let's yeah, yeah. Uh, break out, break out the old Six Flags bleep sound. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You'll hear right there. Baba Bowie. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> then we they, move on to, uh, we got no, one, we got one final uh, song, ahead, unless Nick. you want to talk more about old Slewfoot. No, Nick, go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cut, cut, cut that out. Cut, cut that Baba Bowie out. Uh, Come Again is the final song, and it's uh, another George Bur- Bruns. You see, I misspelled it too. Uh, Burns, George Burns. George song. Burns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Henry, it's, it's normal. Always with the cigar, yeah. that guy. Always right. with um, the cigar. But they and sing so a song, and it's it, it's kind of like the tiki the tiki room song where they're like, "Hey, it's been great. Get out of here." That's uh, well, he's um, so funny too. I mean, it's you can get away with it, yeah. Right. So here's 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 come again. Country mm. bears right here. Mm-hmm. They take a turn, which I think is really a strong move on their part. Ahead of its time. Yeah. Now consider that this is also being sung by a... uh, By by a a moose and Mm -hmm. a buck and a bison mounted on the wall. Yeah. I have some research on that. Hold on. I'm going to get my... DJ hat on here. This is this is the country and western uh, united. Yeah, so those animals on the wall, Max Buff and Melvin, is what their wait, names wait, were. Wait. Oh, now oh, you're oh, talking. Oh. Yeah, now we're now oh, we're rocking. Oh, it's our theme song. Yeah. Everyone at home, you know you know the dance. You do it. Sam, no, I see you on your the webcam. Show. You're doing the dance. Yeah, I'm doing Nick, it. You haven't <laughs> learned it yet, but that's good. You're trying. <laughs> uh, in the chat, uh, Big Boy ninety three uh, says, "Yeah, my jam." Yeah, nice. That's right, nice. that's our fans. They they dig it. Oh man! So those animals on the wall were Max Buff and Melvin, and they're 
still at Disneyland, even though that attraction is closed, they're on the back wall of the Winnie the Pooh ride. There's a Pooh ride? I don't know if you guys knew that. I did not. What, what do you do? You have to like turn around to look at them. You got to turn around. You got to be in a specific spot in the car, but you can still see them. They're still there. What kind of a weirdo would do that? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, like I mean, put a put a reference to an old ride. No, yeah, I don't understand it. That's weird. When, when when you tear down when you tear down a ride to put in the Viper, I mean, who cares what the old ride was? Nobody. It's, it's who, gone. What, yeah, it's there gone. are yeah. there are plaques on the attraction walls and the in the switchbacks of those rides that show that the names of the deceased from that ride. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I just don't understand why you would want to hold on to anything of like nostalgic value. Yeah, it's not there anymore. Shouldn't exist. Exactly. So, uh, Nick, what? There's a last song in there. That was the last song. That was it. Okay. Got yeah. It. Yeah. Steve played it in full. Uh, but I, you know, we've got, we've got some other versions here. Okay. These, these bears, they got up to some other stuff. Uh, uh bears. That is, uh, that is, uh, a hurtful characterization of my, uh, my city uh, country bears. Wrong. Uh, so. vacation. Hold on. <laughs> Country Bear Christmas special. Ah, uh, Christmas. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going here. George Went is spinning in his grave. <laughs> He's not uh, dead. In the, <laughs> in the winter of 1984. Uh, Disney theme park. Uh, so it's gone too long. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. They got their first Disney theme parks got their first ever seasonal overlay. How great is that? It's like their first freight fest. <laughs> they uh they got a a new version of Country Bears. It's the Christmas special. Um they put everybody in Christmas uh outfits, all the same bears, and they have them sing some Christmas songs. Like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Oh, yep. Ah, uh, Jesus. <laughs> The reason for the season. <laughs> the war on Christmas. <laughs> they did this at Disneyland and in, in, in Tokyo as well. <laughs> you guys, I didn't. Oh, man. <laughs> well, I think I think we've come to the, the end of our, our line here. Listen. There's more. There's more. There's There's another show. There's another show. Hey, hey, hey! I know that music. Okay. Well, I'll go real quick. Country bear bear vacation hoedown. It was a summer overlay. It's it's great. They did. They didn't know what to call it. Sometimes they called it country bear vacation hoedown. Sometimes they called it country bear theater vacation jamboree. That was Japan. No, this is all at Disneyland. Oh. Uh, Country Bear Playhouse and Country Bear Vacation Hoedown with a hyphen in the middle. Ho ho hyphen down. Uh, It was started in 1986 and then it became permanent at Disneyland. They liked it so much. Disneyland, which had two theaters instead of one. But uh, you all know that. Yeah, it was so popular at Disney World that they built it at Disneyland. They built two theaters instead of one because it's so popular. And then when it closed, 
they took one of the big owl named after Albertino. Uh, and they, they took, so they put that robot into the haunted mansion, which I think is a copy of the monster mansion at six fog. Six fog, of course, for you news listeners is the six flags over Georgia. And they, they took its skin off and they put it on something called the, uh, Uger booger, the, the boog- oh, the Uger booger man. Yeah. Yeah. I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, no. the, Not the that gooey, guy. The gooey booger man is what they put. They took the skin off and they put the skin on the goo- gooey booger man in the haunted mansion, which is a copy of the monster mansion at six Fox. That's great. Um, yeah, that 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 is really pretty great. Um, that that they put it on the the Gooer Man, um, Booger Man, Gooey, gooey Booger Man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there you go. The, the 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 summer show wasn't as good. They had some songs that were different. It it lost some of its magic. Was there any John um, Denver at all in that one? Ooh. Uh, I think there was. Uh, I think. Uh, thank, thank God I'm a country bear. Yes. yes. No, the song is "Thank God I'm a Country Boy." No, they they said bear. Oh, John Denver bears. was a, a bunch bear. of bears. Is there bears? Yeah. Samuel John, John Denver, Denver was also a bear. Yeah, he was a bear. Oh, yeah, yeah that with a bull hair tracks. tracks. Yeah, he just shaved himself every day. <laughs> <laughs> Did, okay, what else? <laughs> what else, Steve? No, Nick. Uh, <laughs> uh, does Steve have any more to say about the music? Because uh, yeah, I mean, the 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 summer show was good. Everybody, I mean, some of those bears uh, were now wearing uh, bikinis, and uh, I gotta say, little uh, was uh, the host, little unnerving, little uh, learned a lot about myself that summer. Yeah, it was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it wasn't those sexy triplets. That's all. <laughs> yeah. You know what was. Oh, you know what was. That's why they don't have it in Florida. Uh, yeah, you don't want to inflame the uh, the populace. Yeah. So, uh, country bears. There, uh, you know, I've I've gained an appreciation today. I'm I'm really happy you guys didn't have me talk about um, Freight Fest again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty uh, times is enough. Twenty one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and we'll get around to it again. I mean, once we get our. We, this is just like a, it's like a, it's a palate cleanser, so to speak. I mean, I'm thinking maybe next time, next episode, maybe we could hit some uh, Cedar Fair, maybe. Ooh, that's a good idea. The Cedar Cast. Yeah, oh, that's good, man. So are we I done? Mean, ever since we, ever since we, we, we sent that cease and desist letter years ago to mm. the lady, the, the lady who had this podcast. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, that summer lady, summer roses who had a six flags podcast episode trying to help women find their voices. And they had a two minute episode with a six flags engineer talking about it. We're still in litigation for that. Baba Bowie. Yeah, exactly. But I, <laughs> I'm working with uh I'm working with our sponsor, accident lawyer John Foy. But uh we're still in litigation. Uh are we are we done because I want to close out the show? Uh, can I just make one request now that mm. I'm uh now that I'm apparently on the Since show? You're, yeah, um, you're official. Oh uh, excellent. I'm now that, yeah, legacy, yeah. Um 
can we uh i mean you guys know i live in in denver now uh you should i uh can we you know maybe take a look at uh elich gardens i know it's not owned by six flags but it was for a while well, oh, we already did it we did it limit for a while. we've done oh, that oh, oh that's right that was uh uh, that was the uh, the thirty episode arc in uh, That's right. 2002. That's right. Yeah, you yeah. should know. Um, Jeremy was a part of that. Mm-hmm. Some would say it's his finest moment as a podcaster. Mm-hmm. How could I forget? Well, if if there's nothing else, uh, I want to close the show like we always do and tell you that Six Flags has 35 parks and water parks in the North America region versus a measly six that Disney has in mm-hmm. North America. It reminds you that only three of those parks were actually built by Six Flags. All of those were acquisitions. This is how we close every show. Mm-hmm. This is, a, unfortunately, the shortest episode we've ever had. So <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully you're not feeling robbed. Oh, wait, by- wait, wait, wait. We we forgot we forgot one thing. Mm. Uh, how would we rate? How would we rate Country Bear Jamboree oh, right. uh, on our normal rating system? Out of Six Flags, from a scale of zero to six, I vote. Country Bear Jamboree, four out of six flags. Yeah, I'm going to go four flags, but then like another flag at half mass. Four and a half flags. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd, I'd go with a solid five because... Uh, Noob. I mean, you got to you gotta respect some, uh, some air conditioning. Uh, six flags doesn't have a lot of air conditioning, and these guys, they got it together. That's true. It's a 16-minute... Air conditioned episode with mm-hmm. eighteen bears. Is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, when doing research for this episode, uh, I came across some other so shows. A, I was wondering how this is going to happen. <laughs> yep, I came across the normal some way. Other, it always ends. <laughs> some other shows that might interest Disney fans. That's uh, there's one called Ears Up. That's with the Z. There's Ears Up with the Z in depth. Just as it sounds, uh, there's a banter, Beskar, and Bantha Milk. There's one called Scraping the Vault, which I really enjoyed. It's uh, reviewing straight-to-Disney video sequels. Uh, and there's a show called uh, The Supreme Resort, where they these morons, really morons, they go and they do all this research on these things and they compare it like a-holes. It's no, it's no Six Flags. It's just I mean, a ride. It's just a ride. Like, what are they doing? It's just such a waste of time. And they just do this painstaking research and they just talk about history and these people that talk about and they go through like music and they talk about the origins of stuff. And it's just it sounds it's, tedious to do and to listen to. I know. It's <laughs> painful just to talk about, right? But, uh, as we end every episode, be safe. Ride be safe, guys. Don't forget to check those safety restraints. Try not to die. <laughs> Try not to die. Nick, any any last thoughts? No, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me here, Samuel and Steve. This has been a great experience. It's yeah, a good first round for you. I I just I just think about your old dad, Jeremy, looking at me. From uh, close to heaven, from below, <laughs> from 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 deep below the earth, and close to heaven. 
Every time I ride to Texas Cliffhanger, I'll think of him. Dad, thanks for taking me on The Wizard when I was 10. I wasn't tall enough. Very short child. Thanks, Dad, for taking me on The Sky Bucket, developed by Von Roll from the Scream Punk District in Peachtree Square. Thanks to the Joker Chaos Corner Coaster. more about cowboy kind of stuff and countries are more about like hillbilly kind of stuff, but I don't really know. You watch your mouth. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going, racist. Go ahead. (laughs) Baba boy. Well, my name pretty, but she ain't clear none. Ain't got around way a ton. She through through. me the chaser for your What? With blood on the ground, blood on the ground. Everybody dance now. Green is stayed in the land of the free. There was blood on the. Yeah, I'm doing it, baby. <laughs> yeah, well, um, and I think I mean the 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 goal isn't to, to trick people. It's right, you know. If if, if it all falls apart, that's kind of. It, I wouldn't say it's a goal, but it's also fine. <laughs>